Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And again, I just want to say, Marjorie, as we start, a big thank you to everybody who is listening, who um, offered us really lovely grace for a brief and unexpected hiatus. And um, you all were really kind about it, with the exception of one person who sent me a nasty gram, but everybody else was so <laughs> kind about it and just said, like, this is... It's another example of you've got to know in your life yeah. when something has to give and you have right. to be clearly communicative about what those things are. That being said, we should have communicated to our listeners better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we should have. But what is it about me that I want to pick at the nasty? Oh, I know. Of course it's you not. do. Because I know you. It's because you have a TV news background. It's your nature. It's, it's nature. I want to understand. Stickle. I want to understand everything. <laughs> I swear that drives my husband a little bit crazy. And I realized it would take me a long time to really understand my own personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a strange thing when you really come to grips like, oh, that is really who I am. <laughs> and one of the things that I know about myself is I am curious, but I, that makes me sound like, oh, that's such a great thing. You're a curious person. But curiosity combined with control mm. apparently can be a very annoying thing to live with sometimes. The two C's. The two is because I am curious about like what's happening or what the schedule is going to be or but part of that curiosity. And this is what when you've been married for a long time, your spouse always knows that there might be subtext to that curiosity. <laughs> so so when I say I want to pick at that email, I'm curious about it. But it's also like, well, can I do something about it? Can I respond to it? Can I, you know, there's so much more to that curiosity than just that. So we're just going to, I'm working on that. And we're just going to let that one be. We'll just glide over it. I don't want to know. Yeah. It is interesting know. though. I mean, it's fascinating how it is human nature, how you will get, you know, and in my line of work, I mean, I could get a hundred super kind messages or interactions in a day. And then the one bad one is the one that sticks out, sticks out to you, which I was actually thinking about on a walk the other night with kids. We've been doing these evening walks and it's just been really lovely. I think I'm I'm loving the pictures, trying to soak up all of the, you know, cause at some point after work, it's going to be pitch dark out and I won't be doing an evening walk. So it's been nice to do it over the last few weeks. But, um, I was thinking about that too, because I live in the city of Minneapolis and there's a lot of conversation about how unsafe Minneapolis is, right? I mean, right. it's just constant. And now we're kind of at the point where we just, we hear it from other people. And then when I, when I say to people who live in the suburbs that I live in the city of Minneapolis, I mean, their reaction is now like, oh, 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 oh. that's what they do, which is strange well, listen, to this, me. This is what I grew up with. I know. In- the seventies in Chicago, because yeah. my parents moved us from a far out suburb of Chicago 
back into the heart of the city. And and I'll be honest, they moved us into a neighborhood that was not particularly safe. Mm -hmm. Um, We lived on a really beautiful street in the midst of kind of a rough neighborhood, but that's what they wanted. And they wanted, my parents were sort of both activists and they wanted to be in the midst of it all. And so they brought us to be in the midst of it all. And it was a very diverse neighborhood. I mean, I think at the time, two blocks from me was a Vietnamese neighborhood because they were getting a lot of the refugees from the Vietnam War. Yeah. There was a lot from rural Southern white. There was a lot of Filipino, mm-hmm. which was, which was from the, the, um, when the Marcos regime fell in the Philippines, yeah. there were a lot of Filipinos that came. So all of my best friends were Filipino. And then there was, you know, uh, African American Hispanic. So it was actually a very diverse neighborhood in Chicago, but it was not a wealthy neighborhood by any means. There was a lot of poverty. I lived on a very idiosyncratic street in a big old house, kind of like yours, that was filled with, our street was filled with artists and writers and lawyers. Studs Terkel lived on our block, who is a famous writer. Um, it was a very interesting way to grow up. But my cousins who lived in the suburbs and other people who lived in other parts of Chicago would be like, oh my God, you live there? I know. You live there. And there was, it wasn't that it was shaming. It was just a lot of times their perception of my life didn't match the daily interactions of how my life was going as a child. I mean, we were, I mean, to be honest, we were told we couldn't leave the block. So, and if we left the block, we would walk, I would have to go with my sisters. So it was not a wandering. I was six when we moved there. I did not wander off the block, but it is weird though. I, I hear that from my sons about Chicago because Chicago has a terrible crime rate right now. Mm -hmm. It's just awful. And I was talking to them about it and they're like, you know, we live our lives day to day I know. and it's fine. This is how I feel. And this is exactly yeah. how I was feeling on this walk of just looking around. And on this one particular walk the other night, we were, we went quite a distance. I mean, we did probably, I think we did three miles with the kids and they're on their bikes and I'm pushing wow. the baby in the stroller and we love it. I mean, we stop and like, look at the views and we stop and take pictures of them on rocks. Can we climb up on the rock? Can you take a picture? And I was thinking about all of the really lovely interactions that I had with so many different people. Like I was walking and there were two women together. They were a couple and they stopped and said, I was taking a picture of the kids and they were like, can we take a picture of all of you together? Which I thought was like the sweetest thing. Now it turned out one of them was a viewer. And so that was very nice. So she knows Twin Cities Live and all that. But I, I was like, that was so nice of you to notice that I'm a mom with my kids and I'm not in the picture a lot. And then they took a picture. And then there was another person that we encountered who had a dog and my kids were running way up or they were biking way up front and Frankie turned to me, can we pet the dog? And I said, if she says it's okay, you can pet the dog. You know, so the owner let him and Bernie pet the dog. And then the owner said, oh, the dog's name is Franklin. (laughs) So it was like Franklin meet Franklin. And then I was wearing a Wisconsin Badger sweatshirt and she was like, I grew up in Madison. I love your sweatshirt. You know, I just, it was like one after the other. And then it started to get really windy and almost rainy. And everybody who we were passing, we were all like, oh man, are we going to make it? You know, it was just one really pleasant interaction after another. And I thought, of course, if something terrible happened, 
it would be that one interaction that I would remember, right? I mean, right. I would only right. think of that. But your day-to-day life is is really lovely and pleasant. And I'm not but, saying we don't have things to work on in Minneapolis because believe me, I'm the first one to pipe up about we have plenty of problems. I loved growing up in the city. I mean, it formed who I am. And I loved those kind of exchanges. I loved the sense of neighborhood. I loved in Chicago being, I, you know, when my parents moved from that house, we still lived in the city, but I moved to a high rise right on the beach. I mean, I loved my urban life. And I think when people express fear about, oh my God, how can you live there? Yeah. I think sometimes all of us have to look at what's underneath that fear. What are you actually, what are you actually saying? Are you afraid to be around people who don't look like you? Right. Are you afraid to be around people who don't make as money, as much money as you do? Are you afraid to be around people who don't, who just aren't, you know, who are different Mm -hmm. than you? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Granted, there is, there statistically might be more crime, but on a day to day basis, you're not afraid to walk around your neighborhood. No, no, no. And I, I just think we all have to sort of, I mean, I have to sort of adjust my thinking all the time. It's like, why would I say I'm afraid to go someplace? What mm-hmm. is what is what is that about? And really sort of look inside yourself to see what am I actually saying to myself about the situation? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's what I think the point is is that sort of oh, take a beat, like recognize my reaction and dig into a little bit a little bit and then yeah. also take a step back and look at a bigger picture perspective, which, I mean, I've been doing a lot of with this whole situation in Iran. I mean, just FYI, this podcast is not planned. We haven't planned anything. We're just talking about whatever we want to talk about. So whatever. I'm bringing up Iran. Here we go. But it has been really, like, eye-opening and, and incredible to see the coverage and to see the bravery of women in Iran who have just been through, I mean, and we have friends, we have good friends from Iran who fled years and years ago during the revolution and during when everything was taken over and they had to leave and come here with nothing. I mean, there are some incredible stories of resilience from people who have left. And then when you're there and, and I think as a woman, you know, we talk so much about, we talk on this podcast a lot about the disparity of being a mother and being a woman and just the way that it is and the pressures that are on us that aren't necessarily on men and, and all of the things and the work that has to be done. And then you look at a country like Iran and you are thinking, man, like I, I don't want to be anywhere else. And again, I, we have a lot of issues and a lot of problems and like, and a lot of systemic issues and, and things, but I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I also think you've got to balance that with some gratitude for your day-to-day living and some right. gratitude for your, you know, your, your situation and the possibilities, particularly, I think, if you're a, a woman in this country compared to many other countries where it is just not nearly, not, not even in the realm of possibilities of what we have here. The perspective is really about looking at your day-to-day and and being grateful for those interactions. And, and it, this all stems from this conversation about this one email, you know, which is about how the one hard thing is what stands up, stands right. out to you. And we're hardwired. Like our brains are designed to amplify 
the negative. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They're designed to amplify the negative, and that's just a straight-up survival thing. And right. so your nervous system is designed to fire up and go haywire when something that you perceive as dangerous occurs because they don't want that, you know, your body doesn't want that to happen to you. Right. I'm trying to manage well, my stress. I'm working on managing my stress a lot. And, um, <laughs> and I'm kind of like on a daily thing of how do I, uh, how do I manage it? I'm also noticing, let's talk about this. You know, I'm 41. Okay. Uh, sue me guys. You're I'm 41. I am, puppy. I am in my, you're a little puppy. <laughs> who knows where I go from here? But there are things happening that people say will happen to you in your 40s. And you're uh-huh. like, that's not going to happen to me. It's sort of like when you get pregnant yeah. and you think uh-huh. like, I'm not going to be that, I'm not going to be as that big. Like my stomach is not going to get that giant to the point where it like really, like I can barely fit in my car to drive. Oh yeah, it did. And then lo and, and so behold, <laughs> it does. Yes. And I remember my dad, like when he was in his 40s, starting to be like, uh, I like, I can't have a beer. Like a beer doesn't feel good to me. And I remember the point when he had to quit smoking cigars and it's not like he smoked cigars a ton, but he would just, he would, I remember him in the summer or in the fall, like having a cigar every few weeks or something and sitting outside. And then it just became this thing where it made him feel so horrendous that he was just done with it. My dad is a person where if someone accidentally slips him caffeinated coffee instead of decaf, Right. Down for like a solid week and a half. It's unbelievable. And so recently I, um, I went out to dinner last week with some friends and I had what I feel is a really appropriate amount of cocktails for a dinner out with some friends. And some okay. How many? Name the number. I had a glass. I had an old fashioned, you know, I love an old fashioned. Oof, well, I had so a teeny I. couple sips of wine at this event. Okay. Okay. Like, it was like a little, you know, when they give you like a little plastic cup of a little pour of wine. It was okay. maybe two ounces, if even that. Okay. Then I then I went and had an old fashioned, and then I had a a, a good glass of wine at dinner. Yeah. And then we so we knew someone at the restaurant, and so they sent over these little like coffee boozy slushies. Oh God, Marjorie, you would like die for one of these. But it yeah. was a tiny amount. That was also like a little sample. Like there's a lot of mixing going on here, which isn't good. I felt so bad. The next yeah. day, I yeah. felt so bad all day. I'm telling you though, that's, that's, that's not an obscene amount of alcohol for but me. Did, I but didn't even catch a buzz from the evening. I mean, I was like perfectly. And see, in that's control. when it kind of sucks. It's that's like so you, bad. <laughs> you, you like drink it all. You don't even get anything out of it. And then you feel bad. Like I'm a girl that likes a nice buzz. I, I mean, felt so bad. I know me too. Yes. I'm the same. I felt so bad. And then I decided I've been really struggling with sleeping the last yeah. few months where I've been waking up so much. It kind of started with the ankle because I was like uncomfortable and then I'd wake up yeah. in a start and have to adjust, you know, all of this. So I decided, well, I didn't really make a conscious decision. I just didn't drink anything after that Helps. until um the middle of this week. So I had no alcohol. Friday, Friday through Wednesday, you know, I mean, that's fine. And, um, that's not like unusual, <laughs> but I slept so great. I got yeah. back into like sleeping so well. And then I was doing other things. Like I was really prioritizing sauna and yoga and those kinds of things, which also helps me sleep. Better. Mixing the alcohol helps sleep. And that's the one thing, like when I was, I mean, I didn't really start 
drinking again until I was like 39. I'd stopped from like 21 till about 30, maybe 36. I still think it's funny that you stopped drinking at 21, but yeah, whatever. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Um, at 21, I decided to take a break from my alcohol consumption. Like, do you hear yourself? Yeah, I know. It is weird. And it's not like I went to rehab or anything. I just, and I also married somebody who didn't drink. Yeah. And so it was just not a part of our I life. dated someone in my early 20s who didn't drink and it like majorly cut down on my alcohol it consumption. Just, yeah, yeah, it's it fine. just changes it. Yeah. But, um, but the sleeping piece is really big that alcohol, and I never would have believed that because in my 30s and early 40s, if I drank something, I did, it did not affect my sleep, but, but somewhere in there, somewhere in my forties, that definitely changed. It definitely like changed. I, yeah. And I don't know if the body just metabolizes it differently. I mean, I could Google it, but so you, it, and it's funny too. It's almost like the body is telling you this isn't good for you. <laughs> so you should stop. You should just stop. You know? I think it is because then on Tuesday, I decided to have tequila Tuesday. I had a great day and I got home and I was like, oh, you know, it sounds good. Just like a little bit of really great tequila. Yeah. And then Jay came home and I made a lovely dinner and, um, and then, then I had one glass of wine and then I said to him, this is going to be the test because I felt like crap last Friday and yeah. I then started sleeping really well again when I haven't been drinking anything. Tonight's going to be the test. We'll find out. And the next morning I was like sucked suck sleepy and I am like waking up and fully awake and flipping around and it's making me mad it's kind of making me mad because I am really like clean about a lot of things like I don't eat red dye number 40 like I (laughs) minimize my consumption of industrial seed oils like deserve better I I deserve deserve to have some tequila and wine. Like I'm not crushing McDonald's. When have I driven through a drive through right. Marjorie? Like maybe two times in the last well, maybe. 20 years. And then this is my only thing. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't do drugs, Marjorie. I, I just I'm want this one thing. I'm very proud of you. I want well, this maybe. one thing. I want to be able to have some tequila. I want to have some maybe. wine. I want to have an old fashioned and I want to have a good night's sleep. And I don't think that the two need to be mutually exclusive. I think the answer is morning drinking. <laughs> You just need to move it to the morning. <laughs> That's not weird, right? Actually, you know, I do. I think I do better with day drinking. Like, yeah. I actually think so I do. Maybe that's the middle-aged thing. That's what we should write an article about. <laughs> it's like day drinking for middle age. But that's the way to go. Because on a weekend, like, I do love to, like, have a cider early afternoon. Like, if my neighbor's outside and we're outside, we're like, hey, let's have a cider. It's three. It's cool. It's well, fine. Do you remember when Hoda and Kathy Lee used to do their show and, and they used to drink? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know why on Twin Cities Live you just couldn't start I the do. Day drinking there. Oh, we drink all the time on Twin Cities Live. <laughs> I drink daily. I should, I should also correct that story that I just told you about how I hadn't dr- had anything to drink from, um, Friday to Tuesday. Like that's a lie. I'm sure I had cocktails on the show. I just don't Somebody drink a ton. Somebody can go back and check that. Somebody could check that. <laughs> Well, you know, the, know. the showtime is- isn't real life. Like calories no. and booze doesn't count during the show. No, God, no. Um, But on the sleeping piece, I love to sleep. And I was a pretty good sleeper before I started doing the morning show. But before that, I mean, I coveted 
sleep. And I love oh. getting eight hours. I love oh. getting nine hours. And nine I love and a half? Every study How that, good is that? I know. And I love every study that says that's what you're supposed to get. Feel good about it. Because I have a husband who has a lot of trouble sleeping. And as I've gotten older in my 50s, it started to hit me probably in the last two years of that waking up in the middle of the night. Oh. And then, and Ian wakes up in the middle of the night, but he if he can't go back to sleep, he'll actually go and do work. Oh, geez. I refuse. It makes me <laughs> angry. It makes me angry. I'm not going to do work at three o'clock in the morning. That's not, no, 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 no. But what has been helpful is I have an Amazon Alexa. I have yeah. the Echo. Yeah. And we have that so that we can talk to my mom. But it has actually been really handy at night. I do. And I think you have a sound machine. Oh, I love I a do, sound machine. I do ocean waves. Yeah. And I will tell you that has actually been really helpful. And I'm sleeping a little bit deeper. I open up our window in our bedroom, so we're getting a nice breeze and we have a ton of crickets. So it's crickets and waves and it's just lovely. And that's really helps the sleep thing. So I bring a sound machine with me everywhere, um, including really? when I'm going to London. We, we're going to talk about our travels before we yes. go. Yes. I'm so jealous. I leave for to London, London today. Like I'm you know, leaving I can't in a couple hours. Podcast. I got to take a shower at some point. <laughs> um, I'm leaving for London and, uh, I'm very excited. I have not been anywhere international since pre pandemic. And so oh, this is the first time, time that I'm busting out the passport and it's good because I lost my driver's license. So I only have my passport. So I'm just <laughs> going to use that. And, um, I got to solve that problem when I get home. But, um, the Minnesota Vikings play, you know, the NFL is doing these like London exhibition games. They're right. trying to get football to take over the world. I don't know if it's going to work, whatever, but they're, they're competing doing... with soccer. It's not going to happen, but okay, I know. keep trying. Okay, fine. So they're doing these London games. So there's three of them that the NFL are doing this season. And one of them is the Vikings play the Saints on Sunday and, um, KSTP, the television station that I'm delighted to be employed by. There you uh, go is airing the game on Sunday morning. So, oh, you know, London fun. is six hours ahead of us here in um, Minneapolis, Central Standard Time. And so the game starts at 8.30, kickoffs at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday because oh, kickoffs at 2.30 in London time. Um, and so I'm headed out there this afternoon and I'm going to be doing reports for like every newscast, which will be very fun. And um, I'll be on KFAN and by the time you're listening to this, I will be back. So hopefully you enjoyed it, but, um, it's going to be a wild trip. And oh, I did I have a little bit of fun, like wardrobe planning. I went to every Eve yesterday and just, it's good to go on a trip and just plan it outfit by outfit. Like to right. this day, I'm going to wear this and here's the outfit. And I've got a fresh new fall little British look and it's, oh, that's great. great. Oh, you're going to have the best time. You've been before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Many times. Many times. Oh, you're going to have the best time. I love it That's very much. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm traveling with my photographer, Seth, who I travel the world with. I, I've been more places with Seth than I have with Jay. <laughs> you know what? My One of my favorite things. That's kind of funny. And Isn't weird, that funny? But that's so Seth and I are like, remember business. when we went to this really yeah. great rosé bar in New Orleans? <laughs> Remember when we did a long weekend in Ghana? This is our life. It's very There's funny. There's something weird about traveling with a crew that's different than other kinds of business trips, I think. It's, it's wonderful. Like, it is. If you have a good Seth crew, Seth loves coffee really just as much as I do. And then my co-host, Ben, is going to be there, too, because he's oh. he works for the Vikings and for KFAN, which broadcasts the Vikings games. So oh, that's great. we're going to get to do a lot of stuff together, which will be really fun. You know, one of my favorite things to do. And this is just, again, I'm, I am coming to grips with, I am odd. Um, 
One of my favorite things to do is to take a shower in any airport. I love, (laughs) I didn't even know that was an option. And I don't know where you tracked down that option. And this is very strange. Like you've crossed a line here. You've, you've it's like, like, oh, Marjorie is so quirky and that's so charming. No, it's just not. <laughs> it's just weird. Well, imagine being my husband. So any lounge that we go into, especially pre-COVID. You take uh, a shower? Oh yeah. It's the best. Cause you go in and they'll, they'll have towels for you. It's kind of like being in a spa. And like in towels. the sky club? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that the when we were going, my husband had a conference in Paris and we were flying, I think, Iceland Air. And so we had gotten a great deal. So we were traveling first class, but it was like a wonderful oh, deal. That's such and, a good oh, man. Well, on that flight is because Iceland is known for its gin. Oh. When you're in first class, they have a whole gin flight. <laughs> and so I'm glad you started drinking again. Oh my God. If I hadn't started drinking at that point, I would have started that day. (laughs) So I did the whole gin flight, but that wasn't why what happened happened in the shower. (laughs) So we get to the lounge and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful lounge. And of course they have showers and that, you know, we had still the leg to Paris. So I wanted to show up to Paris clean. I like arriving in Europe clean. And so, I'm sure the Europeans appreciate this about you. Absolutely. They always say, oh, they're smart tree. She's clean. <laughs> oh, oh, welcome. Welcome. So I get my towels from the nice people at the front counter and I go into this bathroom and it's beautiful. So I get undressed and I get into the shower. I take the shower and it's, it has a beautiful glass, you know, glass door, but it's like a slate floor. Okay. And I get out of the shower and I slip. No. And I bang my head on the corner of the glass door. No. Oh, yeah. And I can see right away. It's like swelling. Like I'm going to show up like battered. It was so <laughs> painful. So I go out and and everybody was so sweet. But basically, I have a picture of it. It's just this like big red wound. I kept ice on it all the way from Reykjavik to Paris. Yeah. And and didn't get a black eye, didn't get anything, so it was great. So that was my only difficult shower experience. <laughs> but in every other shower I've ever taken in an airport is fantastic. <laughs> it's not weird. It's not weird at all. I need some messages from nesters on if they've ever taken a shower. I don't know. I guess you make make anywhere you go your nest. That's good. Um, you're headed out of town too, aren't you this weekend? Are you we're headed, take a shower? We're headed right into um Hurricane Ian. Oh boy. Um, which Ian is, is going to Ian. Ian is going to Ian. It's funny. So many people have reached out to my husband this week and they're like, Oh, I've been thinking a lot about you. Like, it's just, they're hearing the name Ian. And so yeah. they're like, I mean, he ta- just talked to a guy last night that he hasn't talked to in 20 years. Oh my God. Who texted him. It's like, I was just thinking about you. Well, that's sort of a little <laughs> yeah, bit of a silver yeah. lining of boy, it what is. a disaster it is. Yikes. But it's my niece is getting married. And when they were here in August, my husband's officiating. So he's doing the service and um, so they were sitting and talking about the wedding and sort of what her vision is and how she, what the tone she wants it to be. And he's like, you know, have you checked like hurricane season? Cause this is out in Philadelphia. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, you know, but it's probably, it'll be fine. And 
then she looks up and she's like, oh, it's been a really low hurricane season so far. And he's like, mm, okay. And I'm like, this is totally on you for bringing it up. And now it's named after you. So anything that happens during this wedding is now your fault. <laughs> but it's an outdoor wedding in a beautiful um, sort of Harry Potter-esque castle-like structure. Where? What city? Um, it's in, it's about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. So in that beautiful sort of Bucks County area. Okay. I think, I don't know where I'm headed. I just know I'm flying into Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but it's an outdoor wedding. And I think the chance of rain is 86, 85% chance Shoot. of rain. So they have obviously a backup plan, but um, I'm going to text her today and just say, this is where your sense of humor mm -hmm. has to really shine through yeah. and know that the day is about you and your husband to be and not about the weather. And, you know, when I, I think, you know, the story and I may have told it when Ian and I got married in Chicago, outdoor reception, mm -hmm. it was 85 degrees. And the day we got married, it shot up to 107 degrees to sweat. We had no backup plan. There was no going indoors. You could not pick up the silverware. <gasps> um, that's how hot it was, you know, sunshiny Chicago fall day. <sighs> 107 degrees my going away outfit you know how you change out of your gown into yeah. like the next outfit was a hundred percent wool dress no yeah and so there i went downstairs i got out of my wedding dress went downstairs took a shower um because i was so sweaty came out to so all the pictures of us like going away my hair is wet oh. um and we just laughed and we we thought it was hysterical and i think you just have to adjust yeah. And so I'm hoping that this won't bring her sadness that there's rain, that they can, I mean, if it were me, you know what I would do? I would totally go mudsliding. Yeah. Like I would take that wedding dress and I would just turn it into the greatest series of pictures you could ever imagine. Oh man. Is that weird? And that's weird too, but it's okay. fun. It's fun. It's hard to pack for rainy. I'm packing for rainy in London and it's, um, footwear is a challenge, you know, I'm like, oh gosh. Like, oh, I'm wearing galoshes. Boy, I know. I have got this great pair of Sorel like coated leather boots that would be so perfect. And my oh, okay. bum ankle, oh. my left one is still too tight. I tried them on last night oh, I and I was walking around. I mean, I'm still pretty limited with shoes. And so I was walking around last night and I'm like, I cannot, I can't bring these shoes. Like this left one is going to be so painful. So I think Will I'm going to take change? it. I, it should keep going down. My left foot has always been a tiny bit bigger than my right foot. Right. So I can always feel like shoes are like a little bit more snug on that foot. So I think I'm going to take those boots um to the shoe repair place and get them stretched. Just get that one stretched. Right. But, well, what um, I, you know, that's I'm in my struggle. I'm in a hundred percent silk skirt and top is what I've picked out. You know, it's a formal wedding. So down to the ground. So I'm going to run to Target and get some nice black galoshes. Yeah, yeah. That match. And then on Amazon, I ordered a maxi length, like really thin raincoat, like a full on okay, that's black smart. raincoat. And yeah. so I'm, I'm going to be formal rain. I, I've got this. It's going to be great. That's great. So, That's really yeah, great. It'll be very cute. It'll be very oh, cute. Oh, Marjorie, yeah. what a fun conversation. Sometimes it's fun when we just have no plan. You know, this is, this is good. We have, we have no plan for the podcast because we've got too many plans in our personal life yeah, right now. Yeah. So I got to get in the, the shower. Problem. I'm not going to shower in the airport. I'm going to shower at my home. Will you just do it once for me? <laughs> yes. 
I do a layover in Boston for a few hours before I go to, before I get to the old shower in Boston. We'll see. We'll see. No, no, no. Promise me. I can't. I don't know how much time I'm going to have. I got stuff to do. I have things to shoot (laughs) and I'm not going to like curl my hair again. I'm going to shower now. I think personally, TV producer that I am, if I were your producer, I would make you take a shower. <laughs> Gross. Not, no, no, I wouldn't film that. Like, no. But just the idea of like how you can make your, the airport comfortable. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a great story. That's true. There are yoga places in airports. Like in them. Midway, there's a yoga. I was like, who's doing the yoga in Midway when I was there a few weeks ago? No, what I told else? you in, in Dallas, because all of us kept flying through Dallas, yeah, we would all sign into the yoga room so we could see each other's signature. That's a good so, thing. So the boys would go and they would do a little bit of yoga in there. And then I would fly through Dallas and I would look for their name and I would see their name and I would do a little bit of yoga. I should do it, that in Boston. That's what I should do in Boston. Yeah. Stretch it out. Dallas is, was really long. crummy. Their yoga yeah. space was under the escalator. So everybody was like looking at you as you oh, came geez. down. Yeah. Terrible. O'Hare's is a private, beautiful room. Yeah. At O'Hare. It's lovely. Oh, so you should check Boston's because is. yeah. if nothing else, it's a way to just get some quiet and, and you can get just away. go in there and, you know, do what's downward that? dog. Downward. <laughs> sure. Downward what dog. That's, it's really helpful. It feels good. On my yeah, ankle. Whatever you want. All right. We digress. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review at Apple podcasts. We like the reviews. We also have a message. We do. do you want to read this message today? Marjorie, I sent this to you. This came in my DMs. I did not have... Um, just FYI permission to share this. So I don't have the person's name, but just share. And I won't say that, well, since you don't have it, I don't have it. So there's yeah. no problem there. Mm-hmm. So this really lovely, lovely person wrote and said, um, though Marjorie and I are not in the same stage with parenting and nesting, her life right now is very spot on with what my family recently went through, but we are in our, we are in our late thirties. My mother-in-law was diagnosed with brain cancer back in November Um, It's a very deadly brain cancer. She was a very healthy 65-year-old lady. The October prior to her diagnosis, we did a 5K um, trail run together. The same time as her diagnosis, I found out I was pregnant with my second baby. I had a C-section July 13th and had a baby boy. Congratulations. Three days later, we found out my mother-in-law was going to need hospice. We were able to be discharged from the hospital and travel travel three hours north so my mother-in-law could meet her grandson. She passed two days after that. It's been life-changing. But everything Marjorie has talked about with caring for a parent is spot on. Um, yes, and thank you to all of you that, you know, had the patience to listen to me um, sort of publicly talk about just how difficult my August was. But um, I just, I feel, I feel for her. I mean, just how difficult. So much is mixed with joy and pain. You know, the fact that they had a new baby boy, but how lovely that that baby boy could meet his grandmother before she passed on. And I don't know what condition the grandmother was in, but I'm sure she knew that that baby was there. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to watch. We had to actually go because we're leaving town for four days. Um, we went early this morning to see my mother before we left, just to let her know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And she was so cute. And she said, I had a dream about the wedding. And it went beautifully. Aww. And so we we recorded that for my niece um, from her grandmother since my mom can't be there. But I will tell you one thing. I do have to say this. So when when we first moved here or when my mom first moved here, I needed help. I had some 
some people coming in one hour a day, but I needed somebody that could sit with her because I was still working when she Mm -hmm. came here that could actually just sit with her or take her somewhere. And so I met this woman and I'm going to say her name, um, Kim, who we hired, um, who is, who is older, a little bit older than me, but it's just, you know, and you know, she's just in perfect shape and she's strong and she was just perfect. And she has been like, I swear she's an angel. Like she's just wow. the dearest, kindest, most loving person. And she had, she had gone to visit her own daughter. And when I went to go visit my mom, my mom was asking for her. Mm. And said, you know, I love her. And I said, I know you do, mom. I know you do. I think that's wonderful. And I just, I just want to say thank you to the universe that creates a person like this person. Wow. She's just amazing. She's that's just amazing. Really and I could not have done it without her. Yeah. And, and still doing it with her. So she'll be sort of visiting my mom this weekend while I'm gone. But we went to go tell my mom that we weren't going to be around for a couple of days. Angels Among Us. Angels, Angels Among, Among Us. us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.